today. We're going to keep it short, simple, and clear. Because us guys, that's kind of how we like it. So no Greek or Hebrew today. I'll save you that. No fancy theology. None of that. Okay. Today, just some really good stories. And these stories, they might even tug at your heartstrings a little bit. Because, you know, us guys, we need to get our hearts tugged a little bit more. Okay? So, today I'm going to tell you the story about two dads. A story about two dads. And to help me out with this, I'm going to, I am going back to some classic 90s rock ballads to help us with this. So the first one, the first story of a dad is from a guy by the name of Phil Collins. Anyone, anyone remember this, this guy? Phil Collins, way back in the day, that's right, in the air tonight. Okay, yeah. Um, so like, he used to be in a group Genesis even before he went solo. Well, Phil Collins had a lesser known song that was a story about a father and a son. So I found, I found a couple of videos, on, a couple of lyric videos on YouTube, and here's the first one with Phil Collins, a song from about mid-80s.
You're no son of mine. So a son leaves his abusive father, comes back and wants to talk about it, and his father says, you're no son of mine. Have you ever had a moment like that with your dad or your stepdad or an uncle where it's something you did, something you wore, something you got pierced or tatted, and your dad gets really angry and kind of takes it out on you verbally, emotionally, physically, but he takes it out on you with anger. And maybe that's, you've had that experience with your dad. Maybe you haven't. But maybe that's how you might see him. He's some version of this that you saw up on screen. But you know, one of the, the really interesting things that happens as, as you follow Christ uh, in your life as a Christian we almost inevitably at some point in our life take our experience of our father or stepfather or uncle or whatever man was most prevalent in your life and we apply that to God. So it raises the other question. How do you see God? How do you see God? Is this kind of how you see God? And you know, like, you're, he's just waiting for you to mess up. And when you mess up, he's going to drop the hammer down on you. Because fundamentally, God is a punishing God. So how do you see God? You know, one of the easiest ways to tell how you see God, what do you do after you sin? What do you do after you do something that you know is against God's will and his plan for you. What do you do? Do you start to separate yourself from God? Maybe you skip church for a few weeks. You stop going to life group. You stop returning texts of your Christian friends. And you just distance yourself from God. Or maybe you go the complete opposite. You start going like hardcore Christian oversaved. Okay? You start reading your Bible all the time. You start praying all the time. You tell God, I'll never do it again. You go to church and then you go to another church in the afternoon because uh, you're trying to kind of get yourself back into good graces with God. If either of those extremes sound at all familiar to you, there's a good chance that you view God as a punishing God. And that when you do wrong, he's just waiting to let you have it. Now, so the song that we, we heard was this, this son who left home and at some point decided to go back and he had to face his dad. You know, amazingly, there's a story just like this in the Bible. Jesus tells a story of a son who left home and at some point decided that he wanted to return home and he had to face his dad. It's a really familiar story. If you've spent any time around church, you've probably heard this story. So, so today we're, we're going to read parts of it. And I'm going to read it today out of the NLT, the New Living Translation, hopefully to give it a little fresh feel to it, especially for those of you who are very, very familiar with this story. So this can be found in Luke 15. It'll be up on the screen up there. So this is, a G this is a story that Jesus tells 
to some Pharisees and religious leaders, some people who were upset that Jesus was hanging out with the wrong crowd, that Jesus was hanging out sinners and stuff. So here's the story he tells. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. The man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding to the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home and say to my father, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Here's a son who is convinced that his father would reject him. In fact, you can practically hear it in his mind. He's playing the tapes in his mind, imagining what that, that conversation with his father would be. And, you, and he's just imagining his father saying, you're no son of mine. In fact, this, this son, this guy is so convinced, he, he's not even going to try to be a son again. He just wants to be a servant. Because even he is feeling he can't be a son again. So he's willing to even just be a servant. Now that's the story of one dad. Okay? Now remember I told you it's the story of two dads though. So this second story of a dad, this one, this one I'm turning back to, to a classic soft rock ballad from a group, no, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Ever heard of these guys? Yeah, I had no idea that this is what they looked like either. Nobody knows what these guys look like, okay? But so Phillips, Greg, and Dean had another great song in the 90s uh, about a father and a son. So, and this one's kind of a cool little animation, so we get to have some fun with this. When he ran to me, he 
So is that how you see God? As a God who runs to you when you turn to him? If not, if not, 
let me introduce you to that God. See, the first part of the story that I read, that's not the end of the story. Here's what happens next. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger. That's a family ring that he's talking about, not just a little gold ring. That's the family ring. Get, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. The best one out there we've been saving for a good occasion, go kill that one. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, and now he is found. So the party began. Now, I know there's a little more to this story if you're familiar with it, but we'll, we'll focus on this one because I want us to just be amazed at that father, to be amazed. The God of the Bible is a running toward you, wrapping his arms around you, throwing a party for you when you turn to him, God. And it is really important that we see him like that because that will change your life that will change your faith that will impact every day that you are following him all we do is turn to him and he runs to us okay now don't get me wrong you might hear me saying that that god's all love and all of that, and that is all true. But God does punish. The Bible is really clear about that. But he doesn't operate, he doesn't punish the way that we think he does. Because, so for all of us, grew up in, in homes, some, some type of home, when we got punished, like our parents or step-parents, they, they, saw something was broken, or one of your siblings tattled on you, but, but the, the word was out, they found out what you did, they found out what you did, and then they punished you. They whooped you, they knuckled you, you had one of the parents who knuckled you. Um, I had white parents, so I got a stern talking to. <laughs> you get grounded, get your phone taken away, whatever, okay? But that's, that's how we experience failure and punishment. Failure gets discovered, because, you know, if, if the failure didn't get discovered by your parents, you, you got off on that one. <laughs> you, you, you got saved, okay? So there's failure, there is discovery, and there's punishment. So that's how we think God operates. When we fail, when we sin, and then we confess, 
That's kind of the discovery that that whatever gets known. And then we expect God to be punishing us, so we have to earn our way back to God. So you either distance yourself from God because you say, okay, there's no way I could earn God's love now. Or you start trying to work really hard and you amp up and you try to earn God's love to get back on, on God's good side. Because you might think, if God really knew what I've done, he wouldn't love me. So I have to earn God's love, okay? That, and, and so that process of, of doing something wrong, getting caught, getting punished by your parents, that is not how God punishes. And you don't have to spend all that much time in the Old Testament to see, one, that God does punish. But two, it is not like how humans punish. See, here's how God operates. When we sin, when we turn our back against God and we do what we want, we do what is against God, at that moment, that is actually when when God begins to punish. And Scripture is full of this time and time again in the Old Testament. When people turn away from God, God withdraws his protection God withdraws his blessing. There are times it even says that God won't hear their prayers. God actually turns his face away from someone disobeying and sinning, living their own life, ignoring God's laws. That's when God's punishment happens. But the moment we turn, all of that punishment ceases. The moment we turn back to God, to orient ourselves to God, that is when God once once again showers his love, showers his forgiveness, showers more of his presence. The Holy Spirit has more role in your life, okay? God showers you when you turn to him. So don't get me wrong to to think that God's all lovey-dovey, I can do anything I want and just ask forgiveness. That's not how God works. So if you're in the middle of something in your life where, where it feels like God is far away from you and it feels like life kind of sucks nowadays and, and, and you're just getting the raw end of the deal right and left, you might need to ask, have you turned away from God? And all it takes is turning back and God runs. Remember, we have a running toward you, wrapping his arms around you, throwing a party for you when you turn to him, God. And that is who is waiting each day, each morning, each night for us to turn to him. And that's the God that is in heaven. Not the God you may have heard growing up. Not the God you've seen in your dad, so you've projected that onto God. You want to discover what God is like. Read and listen to stories about God. And you can discover that he is a lot greater, a lot more loving, and pretty different than a lot of us think of God. So, On this Father's Day, I want you to remember that our God in heaven 
is longing for you to turn to him. You do like 1% of the work and he runs 99% towards you. God is longing for you to turn to him, to have that relationship restored. We talk about being a Christian as having a relationship with God. That's why I love these stories of fathers and sons because they aren't stories of pastor and congregation member. No, fathers and sons. So we have a father in heaven who is different than your father and my father, who is different than earthly fathers because he is a running towards you, wrapping his arms around you, throwing a party for you when you follow him, when you turn to him. That is our God. That is the Father in heaven we get to celebrate today. Join me in prayer. Father, Abba, Daddy, thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for running toward us when we, after we've turned away from you and gone our own way and we come to our senses and we turn to you and you run. God, I don't deserve that. We don't deserve that. But you give it. God, so thank you for your love and your forgiveness and your restoration and your relationship with us. God, I pray for each person here, Lord, that they can know you as a good father, as a loving father, a father beyond any father they can imagine here on earth, and as a father who longs to be in relationship with them. God, I pray for those who, who don't know you as that. Lord, th those that have, have, see you as an angry punishing God. God, open their eyes. Meet them today, even here at River Life, and open their eyes to the God you are. So I thank you that, that you are that kind of God. You are that kind of dad. And I also thank you for the gifts of the dads in our lives. God, for the, the uncles for the teachers, for the coaches, for the youth pastors and pastors. God, I thank you for the men who have been wonderful in all of our lives. They are a gift. So we thank you. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.